25th Lesson The Holy Spirit and Prayer In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be fulfilled. In that day ye shall ask in my name, and I do not say unto you that I will ask the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you. John 16, 23-24, 26-27 Praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Jude 1, 20-21 The words of John to little children, to young men, and to fathers, suggest the thought that often there are three great stages of experience in the Christian life. Scripture I write unto you, little children, that your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, that ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, that ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, that ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, that ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, that ye are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. 1 John 2, 12-14 The first stage is that of the newborn child, with the assurance and the joy of forgiveness. The second is the transition stage of struggle and growth in knowledge and strength. Young men growing strong as God's word does its work in them and gives them victory over the evil one. And then the final stage of maturity and ripeness is the fathers, who have entered deeply into the knowledge and fellowship of the Eternal One. In Christ's teaching on prayer, there appear to be three stages in the prayer life which are somewhat analogous. In the Sermon on the Mount, we have the initial stage. His teaching is all comprised in one word. Father. Pray to your Father. Your Father sees, hears, knows, and will reward much more than any earthly father. But we must be childlike and trustful. Later comes something like the transition stage of conflict and conquest in words like these This lineage of demons does not go out but by prayer and fasting. Matthew 17 21. And shall not God avenge his own elect? Who cry day and night unto him? Luke 18, 7. Then we have a higher stage in the parting words. The children have become men. They are now the master's friends, from whom he keeps no secrets, and to whom he says, All things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you. John 15, 15. In the frequently repeated or similarly phrased, Whatsoever ye will, he hands over the keys of the kingdom. Now the time has come for the power of prayer in His name to be proved. The contrast between this final stage and the previous preparatory ones our Saviour marks most distinctly in these words, Until now ye have asked nothing in my name, and in that day. We know what in that day means. It is the day of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The great work that Christ was to do on the cross the mighty power and the complete victory manifested in His resurrection and ascension, was to issue in the coming from heaven of the glory of God to dwell in men. The Spirit of the glorified Jesus was to come and be the life of His disciples. 
and one of the marks of that wonderful dispensation of the Spirit was to be a power in prayer unknown until this time. Prayer in the name of Jesus, asking and obtaining whatever they wanted, was to demonstrate the reality of the Spirit's indwelling. To understand how the coming of the Holy Spirit was to begin a new age in the prayer world, we must remember who He is, what His work is, and why it is significant that He was not given until Jesus was glorified. It is in the Spirit that God exists, for He is Spirit. It is in the Spirit that the Son was begotten of the Father. Father and the Son are one in the Spirit. The eternal giving to the Son is the Father's prerogative, and the eternal asking and receiving is the Son's right and blessedness. It is in the Spirit that this communion of life and love is maintained. This has been true from all eternity, but is especially true now, when the Son as Mediator lives to pray. The great work of reconciling God and man in His own body that Jesus began on earth, He carries on in heaven. To accomplish this, He took up the conflict between God's righteousness and our sin in His own person. On the cross, He once for all ended the struggle in His own body. Then He ascended to heaven that He might carry out the deliverance and manifest the victory He had obtained. This is why He lives to pray. In His unceasing intercession, He places Himself in living fellowship with the unceasing prayer of His redeemed ones. Or rather, it is His unceasing intercession that shows itself in their prayers and gives them a power they never had before. Jesus does this through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of the glorified Jesus was not and could not be manifested until Jesus had been glorified. This gift of the Father was something distinctively new, entirely different from what Old Testament saints had known. The work that the blood accomplished in heaven when Christ entered within the veil was so true and new that the redemption of our human nature into fellowship with His resurrection power and His exalted glory was intensely real. The taking up of our humanity in Christ into the life of the Trinity was an event of such inconceivable significance that the Holy Spirit, who had come from Christ's exalted humanity to testify in our hearts of what Christ had accomplished, was indeed no longer restricted to what He had been in the Old Testament. It was literally true, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. John 7:39. He came now as the Holy Spirit. Even as the Son, who was God from eternity, He had entered upon a new existence as man and returned to heaven with what He didn't have before. He received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father. Acts 2.33. A promise to come to us with a new life that He had not previously communicated. Under the Old Testament, He was invoked as the Spirit of God. At Pentecost, He descended as the Holy Spirit, bringing down and communicating to us the full fruit and power of the accomplished redemption. With the intercession of Christ, the continued effectiveness and application of His redemption is maintained. Through the Holy Spirit descending from Christ to us, we are drawn into the great stream of His eternal prayers. The Spirit prays for us without words. In the depths of a heart where thoughts are sometimes formless, the Spirit takes us into the wonderful flow of the life of the three-in-one God. Through the Spirit, 
Christ's prayers become ours, and ours are made His. We ask what we will, and it is given to us. We then understand from experience, Until now ye have asked nothing in my name. In that day ye shall ask in my name. John 16, 24, 26. Brothers and sisters, what we need to pray in the name of Christ, and ask that we may receive, so our joy may be full, is the baptism of this Holy Spirit. This is more than the Spirit of God under the Old Testament. This is more than the Spirit of conversion and regeneration that the disciples had before Pentecost. This is more than the Spirit with a measure of His influence and working. This is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God sent by the glorified Jesus in His exalted power, coming on us as the Holy Spirit who reveals the Son and the Father to us. John 14, 16-23 When this Spirit is the Spirit not of our hours of prayer, but of our whole life and walk, when this Spirit glorifies Jesus in us by revealing the completeness of His work and making us wholly one with Him and like Him, we can pray in His name, because we are indeed one with Him. At that time we have immediate access to the Father, of which Jesus says, I do not say unto you that I will ask the Father for you. John 16, 26. Oh, we need to understand and believe that to be filled with the Spirit of God is the one need of God's believing people. Then shall we realize what Scripture means when it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 18, and Praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Jude 1, 20-21. In that day ye shall ask in my name. Once again, the lesson comes, what our prayer accomplishes depends upon what we are and what our life is. Living in the name of Christ is the secret of praying in the name of Christ. Living in the Spirit fits us for praying in the Spirit. Abiding in Christ gives us the right and power to ask what we will. The extent of the abiding is the exact measure of the power in prayer. The Spirit who dwells within us prays, not always in words and thoughts, but in a breathing that is deeper than utterance. As much as there is of the Holy Spirit in us is there real prayer. Our lives, our lives, oh, let our lives be full of Christ and full of His Spirit, and the unlimited promises to our prayers will no longer appear strange. Scripture, Until now ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be fulfilled. In that day ye shall ask in my name. John 16, 24, 26. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give you. John 16, 23. O oh my God, in holy awe I bow before you, the three in one. Again I have seen how the mystery of prayer is the mystery of the Holy Trinity. I adore the Father who always hears, the Son who always lives to pray, and the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son to lift us up into the fellowship of that blessed eternal asking and receiving. I bow my God in adoring worship and humility through the Holy Spirit who takes us and our prayers into the divine life and its fellowship of love. O my blessed Lord Jesus, 
teach me to understand your lesson that it is the indwelling Spirit, streaming from you and uniting to you, who is the Spirit of prayer. Teach me what it is as an empty, consecrated vessel to yield myself to His being my life. Teach me to honor and trust Him as a living person to lead my life and my prayer. Teach me especially in prayer to wait in holy silence and give Him place to breathe His unutterable intercession within me. And teach me that through Him it is possible to pray without ceasing and without failing, because He makes me a partaker of the never-ceasing and never-failing intercession in which You appear before the Father. Yes, Lord, fulfill in me Your promise, In that day ye shall ask in My name. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatever ye shall ask the Father, in My name He will give you. Amen. Note. Prayer has often been compared to breathing. We only have to carry out the comparison fully to see how wonderful the place is that the Holy Spirit occupies. With every breath we expel the impure air, which would soon cause our death, and then inhale the fresh air to which we owe our life. So in confession we give out the sins, and in prayer the needs and desires of our heart. In drawing our breath again, we inhale the fresh air of the promises and the love and the life of God in Christ. We do this through the Holy Spirit, who is the breath of our life. And this is because He is the breath of God. The Father breathes Him into us to unite Himself with our life. And then, just as on every expiration, there follows again the inhaling of the breath. So God draws in His breath and the Spirit returns to Him laden with the desires and needs of our hearts. And thus the Holy Spirit is the breath of the life of God and the breath of the new life in us. As the Spirit of God, in whom the Father and the Son are one, and the intercession of the Son reaches the Father, He is to us the Spirit of prayer. True prayer is the living experience of the truth of the Holy Trinity. The Spirit's breathing the Son's intercession, the Father's will. These three become one in us.